It has been a little while since I had a conversation with, well, pretty much anybody about Wisconsin's Farmland Preservation Program. Now it's getting another look by two of our Wisconsin leadership, Representative Lauren Oldenburg from Viroqua and Senator Patrick Testin from Stevens Point, who's along with us going to explain a little rationale on why they've decided it's time to take another look. So, Pat, tell me a little bit about when this started to become a conversation piece an issue from your constituents or from some of the agencies or groups that you work with? When did farmland preservation start coming back up in conversation? Yeah, it's actually been in conversation for the last few sessions. In fact, um, last couple sessions I've worked with Representative Oldenburg to introduce legislation that would kind of modernize the farmland preservation tax credit program that's housed over at the Department of Agriculture. And one of the primary reasons, at least from my perspective, as to why I was interested in this legislation is that from 2010 to 2021, Wisconsin has lost 1 million acres of farmland here in the state, which as someone who represents a very egg-heavy district, uh, that's deeply concerning to me. And based, and this is a program that's been around since 1977, and it's been a very useful uh, program and tax credit. However, it hasn't been updated in a number of years. And so Based on feedback that we've gotten from farmers who participate in the program, uh, from surveys that the department sends out, you know, one of the biggest complaints that uh, farmers and even individuals who are interested in the program and have chosen not to participate is the length of commitment. So our legislation would change that from uh, 15 years down to 10 and then also increase the incentives uh, for the acreage within the farmland pres- preservation so more people will buy into it and hopefully take advantage of the uh, of the program. Now, what are you getting for initial feedback? I see that uh, you're going to circulate this proposal until about mid-March. What's been the early response, Pat? I think the early response has been very positive. I think people understand the need for this. I know in conversations that I've had with the, the number of aid groups that have come into the office to talk about this, it's been very positive, and they see a need for this. And so I think we've got the momentum behind us, and now we just have to continue to work with our colleagues, uh, both on the Joint Finance Committee as well as within our respective aid committees in both houses, to hopefully uh, get this one done. We came very close last time around and just fell a little bit short. And I think the more momentum that we can get behind it now, especially early on in the session, is what's going to see this uh, get through the finish line. Let me ask you, Pat, when you started reevaluating the changes necessary for our farmland preservation program, aside from the time commitment and maybe the compensation, were there any other elements that seemed to irritate uh, farmland owners? Uh, you know, maintenance of that land, uh, size of acreage, maybe the application process itself? Yeah, I mean, we did take out some language that would give the department some flexibility with uh, various things within the program. But, you know, from my standpoint, that's always something that can be discussed later. And so right now, our main focus on the bill is on the elements that move the needle for farmers, which is primarily up in the um, the available tax credit for the acreage that's located within farm uh, farmland preservation, and then more importantly, taking that commitment from 15 years down to 10. I think you're going to see a lot more buy-in just based on the survey results that have gone that come back from uh, the department that they send out. And that's really our primary focus right now. I'm sure there are other conversations that we can have as it relates to, you know, how the program operates. But right now it's really about getting that incentive and encouraging farmers to participate, which I think is the more important component of this. 
Let me ask you, I know that all of us think about that land that might be on the urban edge or suburban edge and trying to, you know, hang on to some of that very productive ground. Like you mentioned, we can evolve with this policy, but is that anything that's made a priority? Any targeting, any, like you said, the values, uh, does that reflect at all where this land is maybe located? Yeah, in fact, um, within this legislation, we actually create a new tax credit of $10 per acre uh, that may be claimed for farmland that's located in a farmland preservation area, but only to the extent that the acreage are covered by an agricultural cons- conservation easement. So, you know, realizing that, you know, sometimes you have urban urban sprawl, and again, we want to make sure that we are trying to protect our available egg land because, you know, once you lose agricultural land, you don't get it back. And that's a huge concern of mine, and considering that um, you know, Wisconsin, as it relates to a lot of our, our agriculture, I think about the potato and vegetable growers in, in the central sands in the district I represent. You know, we, second to California, grow the most vegetables out of any other uh, state in the country. And that's pretty impressive. And if we want to keep those trends moving in the right direction rather than the wrong direction, we just need to make sure that we've got some of the incentives to encourage our farmers to keep moving forward. Well, and any crop that we're growing in Wisconsin has got extremely expensive to produce in the past two years or so. I'm guessing that even just this little bit of financial incentive might at least get them looking at it for consideration. Well, that's just it, too. I mean, everyone's been feeling the pinch of not only uh, record high inflation, high diesel prices, input costs have gone through the roof, the cost of fertilizer. So, you know, everyone's feeling the, the pinch right now, and whether it's from the very front end of the process of putting seeds into the ground to, you know, hauling it to a processor to actually having to go into a grocery store and taking it off the shelf. Every Wisconsinite, every America is feeling the pinch. And so from my perspective, anything that we can do on the front end to help alleviate some of that strain is going to have a ripple effect throughout the entire process. Senator Patrick Teston along with us from Stevens Point, one of the lead legislators on this uh, bipartisan effort to get a new revitalized farmland preservation uh, act out in front of you. Now, Pat, is there anything you're suggesting farmers, landowners, uh, community residents, uh, town officials, county officials, anything that you'd like them to do to maybe light a little bit more of a fire under this revitalized uh, farmland preservation legislation? Yeah, I would certainly encourage uh, individuals and listeners out there to contact your state representative, contact your state senator, and especially if you're a farmer and you've been enrolled in this program or would like to be enrolled in this program, if we could make these changes, uh, contact uh, your representatives, your state senator, share your story, and, and encourage them to support the bill. Yeah, let's try to get some fire under this. Again, Wisconsin has lost at least a million acres of farmland since 2010 to 2021, and it's an effort uh, that uh, we are working on now to try to stop that. Again, Senator Patrick Teston from the Stevens Point area and Representative Lauren Oldenburg from Viroqua uh, pushing forward a newly revitalized farmland preservation plan for the state. Like you said, contact your elected officials today and get the conversation started. Don't forget, Ag Day at the Capitol coming up at the end of this month, a perfect time to carry on the conversation.